What's the most important resource that you have? If you really thought about this deeply, I think you'd come to the same conclusion that Joey and I did. It's time. In our newest book, What's Without Wall Street, The Three Steps to Financial Freedom Through Passive Income, we talk about how are we tracking that time? Well, what is the thing that we can do to get more of that time back? That's right. If you've ever been listening to our podcast and thought, man, it would be amazing if I could take all the things that you guys have learned over the last 10 years and just summarize them, put them in some way to easily digest them and take action, that's what this book is all about. You're not going to want to miss it. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash new book and get your copy today. Today is a throwback episode where we break down the tough question, is a 401k really a good retirement plan? Now, if you know is good enough, you know that we've answered this question over and over again. But for some of us, we really need to better understand. We need to determine, is a 401k getting me closer to or further from financial freedom? And we're going to go through all the elements and help you see different angles from this so that you can determine for yourself, is it a good fit? We're going to talk about the implications for those of you who are wanting to get out of those or trying to keep them. And lastly, we'll share a number of case studies of different clients who have been able to exit out and why they did and what they were able to accomplish. Hopefully this will be an inspiration video for you. If you've been asking this question for yourself, is my 401k really a good retirement plan? Let's jump into the episode right now. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast, your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. I was asking me this question, why do you hate 401ks so much? And man, I was I was just stealing a lot of the answers you gave there. Uh, all, all of you have been so great in it. And, and one of them, though, I was saying, you know, I, I got to hear David Walker speak one time. And I, if you don't know who David Walker is, he's a former Comptroller General of the United States, basically the CPA for the United States. I think he was in that role for about six years under two different presidents, one both Republican and Democrat. And he told the person that was interviewing him, when asked what his thoughts were about taxes and where they were going to go in the future, he said, quote, taxes are going to double in the future because of one four-letter word, math. The debt, both the current liabilities and the future liabilities on the books of the government, as you were just sitting there talking about, Mark, are so great in order for us to keep up with that debt, in order to, quote, unquote, balance the budget, we're going to have to double the income. Where's the income going to come from? That's right, taxes. Yeah, and if, we, if we're in a partnership with somebody where we're building an asset and we put 50 grand in it and we went and did an amazing thing with that 50 grand and turned it into 200, how much of the 200 do we get to keep? Well, it's not up to us. It's up to our partner, to your point. And I think that's what awakens me to many reasons why I think qualified plans is the worst place to invest and invest from. I don't know how much I'm going to get to keep. How about for you, Stallion? Yeah, no, I, I 100% um, agree with all that's been said. And I'll just, I'm just going to put you in the mindset that I was in when I decided to liquidate 
my IRA when I left the big Wells Fargo corporate job. I was in that 401k, I moved it into an IRA and I started to, to think, okay, well, I don't want these penalties. I don't want these taxes, but what are my options? And, and I'll tell you this, the thing that I now know, uh, looking back on it, is the, the reason I, I really dislike qualified plans as the, the, it's the worst place to invest in is because it may be a terrible investor. Like the mental, I, I turned off the creativity of what I could invest in because I was abdicating that to someone else. Mm. A money manager who I did not know, had no relationship with, and it was being invested on my behalf, good or bad. It was a completely hands-off roller coaster ride that I was I was supposedly like putting my trust in. And again, now knowing what I know now, looking back of all the things we've invested in and seeing all the things that are possible. I look at that time that I was investing in 401k as lost opportunity to become the investor that I am today. And if you've been investing in these things, in my opinion, now maybe not everybody was like me, but we have it has a tendency to lull you to sleep and say, eh, that's for somebody else to do. When in actuality, your finances have been entrusted to you to steward yourself. And when you give that up to somebody else, that it just, it literally turns off the creativity in your brain. It, here's one of the things I want to make sure that doesn't get missed. Cause I know we got to get onto the second point, but I was waiting on one of you to hit this and you didn't. And I think this is the one that sometimes gets missed. Like we can talk about not contributing into these plans again. Don't, don't want to be in these plans, but for so many people, they've, They've done it, right? Like we've already we already have that dumb tax. Like we put money into these plans. And now what? Like how okay, you guys have made me think I should not keep contributing into these plans into the future. But what I hear a lot, I mean, Joey, you and I were at a conference in Dallas just a couple of weeks ago, and there was this whole group and whole conversation about how great to invest from these type of plans, the EQRP, right? It is the solution of all solutions for people who want to invest in real estate and businesses and syndications with their qualified plans. And I'm listening to this with you and I'm just shaking my head because all I can think of is what would be worse than investing in real estate that provides all of this passive income, that provides all the opportunity for depreciation. And what I'm doing is not able to get any of that depreciation. And I am, if I do an amazing job, I am just creating a bigger and bigger tax burden on myself in the future. Right. 100%. Like I, I, I'm not even considering what I am doing, the partnership I am building with the government. Like what you said, Eric, I'm not even considering what all of the implications of that would be as compared to finding a way to get it out and then go use that knowledge of being a better investor. And, and and building partnerships and businesses that I can then use the tax code truly to my benefit because governments say, hey, we don't want to be in the business of uh, you know owning property. Why don't you guys do that for us, right? And if you're going to do that, we're going to give you some tax deduction. Hey, we don't be in the business of 
um, energy. We'll let you guys do that and we'll give you some tax benefits for it. Oh, we don't want to be in the business of, you know, employing all the people in the world. No, they have become like the 40%, you know, employer of the world at this point. But for the other 60% of you, we'll give you guys some benefits too. Like, exactly. Let's do that outside of it. But to your point is, what does it look like if I take it out? What does it look like if I liquidate this plan? J.D., you want to take the first stab at that and start sharing for the person who may not understand all the things that go into what it looks like if I start taking it out, having it maybe even been told what those options are. Yeah, so the, the first thing, and and I can speak to this directly because I've done it. Um, you know, I, I've had the bad haircut, Eric. Uh, I'm never going to let that go. Um, the first thing you have to consider is the penalty, Right. Uncle Sugar does not like it when you break up with him. He doesn't like it, right? And and so if you break up, you're going to be penalized for it. And so when I got rid of my qualified plan, I had to pay a penalty to get out of that plan. And so that penalty was 10%. I had to, I had to cough up 10% in order to get out of that plant with, with uncle sugar. And at the time, naturally I'm thinking, well, that stinks, right? I didn't necessarily know that going into it. I wish I would have known that before, but it made more sense knowing what I was able to do with the capital being in control of being able to pay that penalty and freeing those soldiers to be able to go out into the world and be in control of my financial future. I like the fact that you brought up penalty because that is typically the first thing that is addressed, right? Oh, if you take money out of the 401k or the qualified plan of any nature, you're going to pay a penalty. Mm -hmm. But does anybody ever ask the question, what is the penalty if you keep it in? (laughs) Ouch. But that's actually a great question to ask, Russ. What is the penalty for keeping it in? Do you know when I asked that question to my accountant and the other seven accountants that he had me presenting to on this very specific topic? Because that was the first question they said, well, Russ, what about the 10% penalty? I said, can you guys tell me what the penalty is if I keep it in? And they're like, "Uh, I don't quite understand your question. I was like, can you tell me what the tax penalty is going to be if I keep it in? That's right. And they said, what do you mean by that, Russ? There's not a tax penalty if you keep it in. I said, are you sure? And of course, they don't know the answer. And I said, well, here's my question. Can you tell me exactly what my tax rate will be on the money that I take out in 10, 20, 30, 40 years from now? And one of them piped up and said, Russ, I can't tell you what the depreciation rules are right now. And it was like in October of that year. Yeah. We haven't even been given that so far for this year yet. And we're in the month of October. Yeah. And I was like, exactly. So you don't know what the penalty is going to be if I keep it in, do you? And they're like, hmm, never thought about that. Mark, how about for you? What is what does it look like if I take it out? What else do we need to consider? It looks glorious. It's, it's <laughs> just absolutely glorious. Um, it's liberating. It's freeing. Um, you know, there's unicorns, rainbows, cotton candy. It's, you know. A hundred unicorns? Not not not, not a hundred. It, it, was, it was only ninety eight. It was on sale. Okay. Actually, it was ninety because there was ten percent less. Um, you know, due to the penalty and all. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. Normally, then the next question is if if you get past the the ten percent penalty, it's well, but then I'm going to have to pay tax. 
right? I'm, I'm going to have to pay tax on this money. And if, but, but if I leave it in, I won't have to pay the tax. And, and the, 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 my thought process on that is you're going to pay that no matter what you do, whether you would have never put it in the first place, they would have, they would have taken their pound of flesh. Then if you leave it in, we have no idea how much flesh they're going to take on the back end. So just deal with the circumstances, you know, now pay the piper and move on. But here's the best part too. Okay. Those taxes on that money that comes out, that'll be ordinary income. If you've opened your lid enough to think about liberating your people, there are ways to try to mitigate those. There are ways to try to, to minimize that impact. And I'm not a tax professional, but each state and each uh, qualified plan is going to be just a little bit different. But there are opportunities in time for you to then defer that actual tax at that moment. The, the 10% Uncle Sugar, he, he's coming right away. I mean, before that money even moves, he's already taken his cut. But the ordinary income piece, that might be able to be deferred until the tax time of that year. So if you took it out in January, you wouldn't know taxes until April 15th of the subsequent year. So wouldn't that be something interesting to know about? Write that down real quick. Well, hold, I want to make no, sure. One second. You ever have to ask him a question that we need to answer in just one second, if that's all right? Yes, sir. Which is... What are some creative ways to actually avoid potentially paying that tax? Mm. That would be a strategy or a case study. And I know that's why you're here, but we've got to allow other people to talk about what does it look like if I take it out? Eric, what does it look like if I take it out? Russ, something's about to happen here live on this podcast. Uh-oh. I'm all ears. You guys, the leadership of Wealth Without Wall Street has built their passive income journey on one rule of transparency. Sometimes transparency is ugly. So everyone listening, I'm about to stand naked before you. Mm. Oof. Somebody turn off his camera. Somebody turn off the camera. Russ and Joey, Wealth Without Wall Street Roundtable podcast listeners. I still have money in qualified plans. Oh, no. oh. Oh no. This is the big one. This is the big one. It's okay, Eric. This is a safe space. I, I realize I've outed myself on live podcast. <laughs> I have not contributed to said plans in, I don't know, six, seven years, but there's still those dollars in there. And um, I, along with uh, all those listening, are very interested in what's the right strategies to to maybe pull that out and and to talk about why I haven't done it yet, even though I, I probably have most of those answers. Man, I, I appreciate you doing that. I appreciate you sharing because here's the thing, right? We, we're going to beat up on this because, well, that's what, just what we do. But at the same time, we all have been there and we all had some of the same thoughts that you're dealing with on that, Eric. And I know there's someone listening right now that's having those same questions. And and if the, the what I would love to make sure I put everyone at ease is can I become financially free without liquidating my 401k, my IRA, whatever it is. And the answer is yes. Will it take you a lot longer? Probably yes. Right. But you can still do it and, and it's fine. Right. Not, not everybody is comfortable with doing that and nor we, would we ever recommend doing that until you have the confidence of what to do with it 
and how you're going to offset some of these things we've been talking about before. Joey, what else would it look like if I took it out? What have we not covered, if anything? Well, can, can I just go a little bit further on what you just what you just said is and it's it's also what I mentioned before. If you're the person that has not learned where your investor DNA lies. If you don't know what sort of investor you are, if you haven't unlocked that potential uh, understanding of what to invest in, then I don't blame you for sitting there on this IRA, 401k, whatever it may be, and feeling like nervous to death to take it out. Because guess what? The one thing that gave me confidence to pull the money out of my IRA was I had just previously done a private mortgage loan to somebody for 10%. And I thought to myself, if all I ever did was take the money out of here, go through my infinite banking system and lend it out for 10% money, which I had done twice in the, the year prior to, I can outpace this easily, right? This 10% penalty is a non-issue. And the taxes are a non-issue, as we already mentioned. I'm either going to pay it today, pay it tomorrow. So I might as well have access to my money and at least do this. But if I had not done that private mortgage and seen that I could get 10% interest easily in the marketplace, then I would have been much more concerned about taking it out. And I, there is there is no reason for you to be in that position. And that's why we have things like our Inner Circle Live where we're going to literally introduce you to the experts in the passive income space. And so shameless plug, but I want you to go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash live and join us at one of those. And at the very least, get on a call with one of these coaches, 15 minute calls free, and they'll walk you through your own right next thing process so that you feel much more confident making moves like this um, not because we told you to, but because it's the best thing for you. It's going to get you closer to financial freedom. Go to wealth.wallstreet.com forward slash free call. Um, but man, that's a real issue. You know, mental, you have that block and I don't blame you, but you can take action on it before you make that kind of move. If you've listened to our show for any length of time, you've heard us talk about infinite banking and how we were able to use that concept to create over $50,000 a month in passive income. But it's just not that easy to figure out how does this all connect into my own personal system. Stallion, that's why we created the Passive Income Operating System, bro. It shows you how to turn active income into passive income. It makes all the steps come together. If you would like to get access to it as a podcast listener, we've never given this away in public before. Go to wealthwallstreet.com forward slash P-I-O-S. There was nothing worse than walking into class when you're in school and the teacher saying, pop quiz day. Why? Because you were unprepared. Are you unprepared though for financial freedom? Don't be. Find out how close you are by taking our 30 second quiz at wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash quiz. You definitely have to understand the compared to what, right? Like if you don't have anything to compare it to, and until you had done some of those private loans, you probably had only invested in the market. I know you tried to do that diamond deal that didn't quite work out. So that was a great experience for you. But once wow. you have waiting a little on bit, that one to pay out for sure. <laughs> once you have a little p positive feedback and you've saw, saw things happening, many of you are 
are flipping land and making 72% in that. You know, a lot of you guys are doing the short-term rental space and earning 20, 25, 30% returns. It is crazy the opportunities we have, but what's the biggest obstacle, Joey, for people to becoming financially free? Having access to capital. Yeah. And for many people that 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 capital resides in account that they just don't have access to. All right, let's let's get on to the real meat of the subject here, where people really wanted to hear what are some of those options? We had to cover the first part, right? Why do we believe what we believe? And what does it look like? Just just trying to, for disclaimer purpose, telling you there there are there are penalties, right? There are things that you need to understand. You can make bad decisions and invest in something that goes to zero. Like all of that stuff exists. But let's talk about some of the creative strategies that are out there and what people are doing with the money and how they've pulled money out for better or for worse. And maybe some of these will give you insights to what's possible. Not that you should follow them or do exactly what they did because your situation is probably different. Highly likely it's different. But this is just things that we have seen. All right, Mark, you personally have experienced some of this. So I'd love for you to start off if it's okay. Oh, I'd love to. I soloed under a lucky star. I was able to liberate just about all of my friends uh, utilizing a provision that came about uh, thanks to COVID. Uh, again, you know, you got to find the COVID lining on every single cloud because it's there. And so from that came the CARES Act, which allowed you to liquidate up to uh, 100 grand of your qualified plan and skip the 10% penalty. So Uncle Sugar took back the penalty. And I was able to pull my pull my people out. And then subsequent to that, there was another one that came out. But again, these things have sunsetted. And the only reason I know about it is because our community, within our Wealth Without Wall Street inner circle community, shameless plug, Jay Elliott was kind enough to peruse through that type of paperwork because there's no way I'm reading tax law. But he's a CPA and he read it and he knew that that would be valuable to those in the community. And so again, more eyes on the same problem is going to eventually yield a solution that might work for somebody. And that was one way that I was able to take care of getting those dollars out and skipping that first hurdle that normally holds a lot of people back. But that hurdle also was a different one because as an active employee, you cannot liquidate from a 401k. So as an active employee, I had a 401k. I couldn't get that money out. It was stuck in there. And so the for, the CARES Act and then the subsequent one, uh, HR 132 Consolidated Appropriations Act, oh, love those two, allowed me to get my people out. It was pretty awesome. That's so cool. Eric, how about you? you? You got an example that you've seen or heard of someone taking money out, liquidating? Yeah, so I, uh, I guess I'll just give my own experience of what Mark had just said. Uh, I also utilized that portion of the CARES Act to pull 100K out. And so that worked extremely well. The 10% penalty was waived and you got three years to pay the taxes on it. So that's my only experience with that. So I do want uh, everyone listening to know that I, I have started that process of removing money from the qualified plans. But uh, yeah, that's my experience so far. Well, so basically what I hear you two saying is let's have another COVID so we can have another CARES Act so we can get money freed out of uh, the, the qualified plan situation. Please, for the love, no. No, that'd be a big no. That'd be <laughs> well, a no. Let's have a group that has expertise in different areas and people who can find those nuggets for us. Because let's face it, I, I was out running around, you know, hunting, fishing, 
and uh, enjoying a good old time there. But it was it was thanks to someone else who actually found that nugget. How about you, JD? Give me a couple of examples or one example at least that you've seen where people have liquidated uh, a qualified plan. People have what? Liquidated. I'm people sorry. Have- L- liquidated? Liquidated, man. Uh, <laughs> Give me a break right here. Hey, Eric, I just want you to know, brother, if I was around you, I'd hug you because I love you, even if you have money inside your qualified plans. Uh, and I will help you get those jokers out of there, just so you know. Uh, I will be your Huckleberry. Um, so, so, so a couple of things. Once this is what's interesting. Once I actually got out of the traditional financial planning space, like the box that most people fit into, I actually started learning about what successful people were doing. And a couple of things that I learned is that the government will actually give you incentives to invest in certain areas of the economy. One in particular is investing in energy. And, and I bring this up because I think it's, it's important to note, like all this information is readily available to everyone out there. But if you don't have like a community of people that you can uh, glean from, learn from, et cetera, it's really hard to get access to this information because you don't know where to go. Right. And our community is just chock full of un- unbelievable uh, and phenomenal ideas. Uh, another shameless plug for our community. But so, energy, specifically like oil and gas, those types of things, if you invest in that, right, that's a dollar that the government doesn't necessarily have to invest in that. And so, they will give you tax incentives to invest in energy. I bring this up because a client of mine, he had a couple hundred thousand dollars sitting in a traditional IRS SEP IRA because he's a, a, a solo uh, entrepreneur. And there was an energy opportunity that came up that he was able to invest into that and get a, in this example, a two to one dedu- deduction, deduction. So he put $200,000 in and was able to wipe out $400,000 off his active income. He got a, I think he got a refund, just to be clear, right? From Uncle Sugar. So he was able to get all of his capital out, invest it into this passive income opportunity, create passive income, and not pay any taxes on getting those those uh, th- those soldiers out. Is that good? Is that, I heard somewhere that might be good. <laughs> he was he was a little upset about the ten percent penalty, but ultimately Uncle Sugar still took care of him. <laughs> um, so so he covered him. He, okay. he that's right. That's right. He covered him. Uh, how about you, Stallion? G- give me a case study. Give me an example of another place where somebody was able to to free their friends. Well, our our good friend Matthew, uh, who could not be on today, has shared this before, so I'm, I don't feel like I'm going on a limb to say it. That he he was able to liquidate some of his uh, his qualified money and go and purchase a short term rental in the mountains. And because of there's certain rules, he also did a cost segregation analysis on that property, which allowed him to, um, to speed up the depreciation process on that property and get more of those tax dollars coming back towards him. And then subsequently he qualified as a real estate professional under the short-term rental guidelines. I'm not sure if that's what you call them. And um, because he was managing that property, and was therefore able to get even more tax incentive to come back. So all in all, it uh, it created a massive win for him to create the passive income and knock out all the tax liability. Again, I haven't seen his his numbers perfectly, but that's what he shared with us over and over. And uh, yeah, really grateful that he was able to find that, that uh, area of the tax code that allowed him to take advantage of that. It pays to look, right? It pays to research 
the 7,000 pages that are after the first seven that describe income, that describe all the exceptions to the rule. I mean, there's lots of these. There's a thing called a 72T, where you can take out equal annual distributions up until age 59 or five years, whichever one is longer, and you can actually avoid the 10% penalty. Most people don't even know that even exists, right? So Eric, if you wanted to get money out, I I could take you to the, the tax law that shows where you can take out equal annual distributions out of that plan for the next five years or to age 59 and a half, whichever is longer, and, and avoid paying a 10% penalty. There is a plan for you. Now, there's penalties if you stop that plan before 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer. But as long as you want to get the money out and you start it, I've seen many, many, many of the members in the Wealth White Wall Street community that's done that. I've even seen people who have went and bought property. And J.D., you were talking about how the government will give uh, tax deductions and benefits to those who will invest in the research of energy and things like that. Well, did you know that they will also give tax benefits to those who will conserve the earth that will, will protect it, that will prevent uh, people from building on it. Right. There's a lot of people out there. Yeah. Yeah. That they want to have these land trusts where it will always forever and ever be just earth trees, no buildings, no parking lots, all that stuff. Well, I've seen somebody who actually did that. They took money out of their 401k or out of their former 401k. It was a, a previous employer and we took that cash and, and invested it in land, went through the whole process of getting it uh, uh, conserved, and then was able to receive the tax benefit for the conservation because the government basically gave them the difference between what the value of the land used to be and what its highest and best use was down to what it now, because it can never be built on again. And they gave them that as a deduction against their income. So they offset all of that income that they were going to supposedly have to show. And then now they were able to take that money that they didn't have to pay in tax on not only that, but also the rest of their income that they had made that year and go invest and create passive income from it. There's so many examples of this. You just, if you're interested, you want to find the way out, you can. But maybe you you can't find it. Maybe you don't know where to look. Maybe you end up being like a, a, a dentist friend of ours who came on the podcast years ago and just cashed it out. Just took it on the chin. Just said, you know what? I know that the best plan for me is not keeping it in here. And I'm going to now be motivated to figure out a way to offset the penalty that I just paid by getting it all out all at once. And I think that that's what you were saying a second ago, Stallion, is that when you have money in, you're just lazy. You don't you're not being uh, forced to become a better investor because somebody else is just doing it on your behalf. But when you put the money in your hands, now you have to become a better investor. You start looking for ways. And at the minimum, maybe that's what you should be looking at. So this has been great. We've covered both why we believe that this is one of the worst places to invest in and from. We also talked about what does it look like if I take it out? And we gave you some examples of ways that people have done it creatively. Maybe some of those would give you insights to what you could do. I'm going to go around the table, guys, really quickly. I know we're long here. Final thoughts, Mr. Eric Hudson. Yeah, um, I'm going to throw out two um, random names here. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. I'm sure most people have heard of those two guys. 
you know, it's interesting about those two guys considered probably the best to ever do what they did ever on the highest level. Both of those guys had coaches because sometimes for yourself, you cannot see the forest for the trees. And I would say for me, even though almost everything we've talked about today, I'm aware of would be so comfortable talking other people through it. Sometimes when it's yourself, it's, it's harder. So it's very important for you to find somebody in your life that can speak into your life in many areas, but financially, especially I would say, and um, help you sort through um, your current situation. So I, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, Russ, less 72 T this thing, cash me outside. Let's go. Okay. Uh, I'll meet you at the door. JD Hill, final thought. Look, you can't solve problems unless the problem exists, right? And what I mean is, is that if you want to figure out a way to start learning how to get creative, create a problem. <laughs> and, and that's one of the things that I, I, that's not a recommendation. That's not advice. I'm sorry, everybody's <laughs> laughing at me. <laughs> but seriously though, right? Like if you want to figure out like how to get creative and what you can do to have to fix something is you got to create something, you got to break something. You know what I mean? Um, and so if, if, if you don't get creative, right, because a problem exists, then you'll just keep doing exactly what you're doing. I tend to work better with my back against the wall. I tend to work better if, if I have to have something that forces me to get creative and learn how to solve a problem. So I tend to make problems that probably most people wouldn't make on their own. So I'll go in and be like, oh, this seems like a good idea without actually thinking it through and then do it and be like, oh, I just created a problem and now I got to fix it. Uh, and so my point is, is that don't be scared to make decisions that maybe you wouldn't ordinarily have made, right? Uh, because it's an opportunity for you to grow and to learn. Uh, and so this, this has been something that I've certainly learned and grown from. And we've had a lot of clients that have also learned and grown from it as well. Yeah. I think I, I heard a pastor, somebody said in order to create a message, you got to create a mess. I think that's where you were going somewhere, similar to that. All right, Mark, how about you? Final thought. Is what you're doing working? Is what you're doing getting you where you want to go and getting you there fast enough? If it's not, are you open to exploring an alternative option? And that's what this is about. If what you're doing is working, hey, fantastic. Uh, more power to you. I'm super excited for you. However, if it's not, if it's not working and you are recognizing, hey, this isn't quite where I want to be and I don't think it's going to get me where I want to go, let's talk about options because that's all we're here to do is help you see different options. All about the options. Dalian, final thought. Unfortunately, we've done you a great disservice today because now you have exposure and you have understanding and now you have to do something with it, right? There's action that has to be taken from this podcast. Number one, if you're the person who has been holding on to this money because you don't know what to do and it, it makes you scared to death to think about losing it all, you have something you can do. You need to join a mastermind, if not our someone, and learn from mentors and from others, from peers who are already down the road learning this stuff themselves. If you have already become an investor and this has been holding you up thinking, man, I don't want to pay the penalty. I don't want to pay the taxes. Like this is just, I'll just invest from some other bucket and just deal with this later. You have exposure now to understand that you're actually creating a time bomb right? You're creating a position that you don't want to be in. And you now have something you could take action on. Get with one of these coaches 
and get access to your funds so that you can now start investing properly and in control. So that's my takeaway is you got you got some action to take from this and uh, we're here to, to help you along the way. Coaches, Stallion, thank you so much for bringing so much value today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you found value in it, rate and review it, share it with somebody else who may need to hear this message. Maybe you have already let your people go, as Mark says, and but they haven't and they're nervous. They don't understand all the different ins and outs. Maybe this podcast could help encourage them. As always, thank you for listening. Have an amazing day. This has been the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the Wall Street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry. See you next episode.